And welcome to Your Uncle's Beach House, episode something or other. I think it's 79? Episode 79, maybe? Maybe 79? Um, mm. Well, we are here. I uh, don't I mean, know. Yeah, it is 79. I got it right. I got it right. Uh, uh, I'm here. I'm Jackson. Uh, I'm not John B.M. because this is my bonus episode for the month. I'm joined uh, by a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Medea. Hello. Welcome, Medea. Thank you for joining us on this episode uh, of the anime podcast. The beach house. I'm here. I've got my flip flops. Got my bikini. Got my tropical drink. Let's talk about some anime, which we do at the beach for some reason. Yeah, and some SSR Medea is here. <laughs> yep, it is the it is the the Medea summer event is almost over. <laughs> Jackson rolled SSR Medea like at the last second. Yes, there was there was scheduling errors in this episode. I say errors. Our previous guests that uh, I had lined up uh, had understandable real life emergencies that could not. Uh, <laughs> the podcast was less important then, so I had to pivot my plans. And Medea was very very uh, kind to fill in uh, and bring an anime to this show. Uh, what anime did you bring? <laughs> yeah, so we watched uh, 2001's The Soul Taker. Uh, which I was, I was like, hey, hey, Jackson, it looks like you need an anime to watch for this week. How about this, like, little 13-episode ditty about, like, a guy who throws a punch? Yeah. It's gonna be great! Uh, The Soul Taker is a 2001 anime, uh, from Tatsunoko Productions, directed by, uh, Akiyuki Shimbo, written by Mayori Sekijima, uh, it is a show about a guy who becomes a devil man, basically. He, uh, it's riffing on devil man and other such like Toku adjacent superhero stuff. Um, and he has demon powers from a, pa- a mysterious past that is expounded on in the plot of the show. Um, and then at about episode six, it goes rapidly off the rails <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. further and further each episode, in fact. Because um, it's about uh, Kyosuke Date. Uh, who is like he? The show begins and he is um, like d- dying and stabbed by his mother, uh, and is brought back uh, to discover that all of his memories are wrong. He has a twin sister named Runa, uh, and there are a bunch of women around called Flickers who aren't like full people; they're like echoes of this sister. Um, and he has to go around and saving all these women. Um, this is complicated by. Quite frankly, more lore than I thought was possible to have in a television show. Uh, as yeah, this goes. there's there 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 are like there are two factions. There are like multiple like it is just this gigantic family drama uh, that spans the earth and the moon, and like it is. I had I watched this show as like a small child, like. My dad, like, taped this show at midnight on Tech TV, and he just handed me tapes. I was like, here's some of those cartoons that you like. (laughs) Uh, I was, like, 13 years old. Uh, It was, like, my uh, medieval peasant child who was not ready for the intense nacho flavor uh, of the Soul Taker. Um, And so I remembered the show as, like, Toku Devil Man, he throws his one punch... There's some sexy women there. Um, I did not remember like ninety percent of what the show was actually about. <laughs> yeah, 
So, like, off the bat, um, it's, I, like I said, it's hard to summarize the plot because it is... Uh, there's, there's a lot of moving parts in lore, uh, but it's also, like, mostly um, a visual showpiece, uh, and it's not very, like... Explit- it's not like abstract about the plot the plot is definitely conveyed explicitly through dialogue it's not like confusing in that way it's just that like the visuals of the show are uh pushing style in every possible way um and it's not like trying to be a necessarily clear and coherent um like realistic looking anime in the sense of, of the like dominant styles of the time uh it's trying to be an exciting like post fully coolie uh just heightened um toku type drama um and i think that stuff yeah is good like fun. the the like this this anime like its strongest point is that it has just like this like incredible kind of like storyboarding and composition mm-hmm. like two characters will be talking about something that is kind of like direct and banal but then like the scene is just amped up like you know, one of the characters will be upside down. Like the the color palette will be divided between like red and like and blue. Wow, they're opposites. You know, there'll be like scrolling stained glass windows with all of the women you have killed <laughs> on them. Uh, yeah. Um, the visual style is is generally pretty good, though. I think it like it. At, at, there are times where I'm like, this is working really well, and there are other times where I'm like. This vi- these these visuals are not really conveying the story because the story is often just like giving me a lore dump and then there are unrelated to that some cool visuals happening. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like cohere into like oh this abstract uh, visual style is really c- communicating the um, mental state of the characters because um, I mean uh, Kiyosuke doesn't really have a mental state he's just ni- he's just nice boy in the generic nice boy anime sense uh, as he finds out a whole bunch of lore about his family so he starts out and he's like saving the flickers who are like the the nobodies of this world right like they are the uh the women that are like echoes of his family uh the the uh the two factions are the hospital and the kirihara corporation um and the the hospital has like which order to come like oh the mutants but the mutants aren't even revealed till like episode eight um at first, they are just kind of wacky-looking people. Like, the first mutant we see is just kind of like a gyrating doctor that throws syringes. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to do my best to do the like broadest possible summary, and then we can like go do a more open discussion. Essentially, the show is mm-hmm. about uh, the Kirihara Corporation and the hospital as two competing factions. Uh, the hospital being a place where uh, Kiyosuke's mother, uh, as part of this, like, uh, alien infection birthed uh, Runa, who is the like. Well, they birthed both of them, right? So, like, they're twins. They're fraternal twins. They're twins. They're fraternal twins, and so they both have like super alien demon powers. And Runa embraced being like a demon who hates everyone and wants to like reset the world. To stop me if you've watched an anime before. Um, <laughs> and uh, Kyosuke is embraces humanity and wants to save everyone. Uh, the Kirihara Corporation wants to wipe out all of these flickers because even though they are nice girls uh, who are generally nice and to be protected, uh, they are echoes of Runa, who is doing a super sick demon plan to kill everyone. Um, and so I would say the broad like turn the show takes is when it goes from being about protecting the like line of women who aren't full people into being about the need to uh murder women because they are doing a nefarious plan to kill the world by creating women who aren't full people um which is a truly wild left turn like it happens in about episode nine uh and the show just never recovers from that and in fact doubles down at every possible stage as it becomes like the hellish siscon apocalypse basically yeah a pandora's box opens in episode nine that is just nuts it's kind of like the degree to which all of the characters like 90 percent of the characters in the show who aren't kiosuke are like women directly related to him and like one lady who the show just despises yeah uh like the 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 show I like summarized I would summarize the show as like I have to collect every emuto until I don't. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, and like 
they're meant to be fraternal twins, but like they're he, she's an Amuto. I'm sorry. They say, oh, we were born at the same time. No, you weren't. She's the most fucking Amuto that's ever lived in any anime ever. I know the tropes. I know what you are. They're like Onichans per episode in this show <laughs> is it is is up there. Uh, it, it is kind of seismic. Uh, it's truly, truly off the charts. Um, and it's so like the stuff I liked in the first half were generally like I liked the flickers uh, and like their sad situations, right? I like the especially the one mm-hmm. uh, the one in the school. Uh, I like the the girl in the school who was like waiting at the bus stop and was like, I don't want to be. Yeah. I'm just hanging out. I don't want to be part of this grand uh, women conspiracy and die. And like, well, it sucks to be you, I guess. Um, the Yuri coded one. Yes, the Yuri coded one. Yes, that one was good because it had more characters than just Kyosuke, who is very, very boring. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I liked when it was about like the flickers as created entities who have been given this like awful fate, and you're doing like. Uh, toku battle to save them and then you tragically fail right like that's kind of the arc Mm -hmm. of the show at the start um yeah uh and i thought it was a little like needlessly confusing for how simple it was uh, because that's a very simple premise but the the visual style and just like um archness of how much law there is between the uh kirihara corporation and the hospital um makes you think there's more going on than there is uh, but yeah. that, I would say that core is well done. It's well done. It's totally like serviceable. Uh, I enjoyed it until the Runa reveal, where you know even before the Runa reveal, you get the various reveals about um, uh, Kiosuke's various mothers, who are all of them yeah, revealed to moms. be like more frail and controlling and evil uh, than he thought. <laughs> yeah, there uh, is. Yeah, there is a whole. There is a whole conspiracy about like. Who who is his mom? Uh, like who who stabbed him? Uh, like who raised him? Who threw him in a shallow grave? <laughs> yeah, and it's all like comes down to like oh, there's his his uh his birth mom uh, who uh, like did all the alien stuff at the hospital uh, was part of like the one super alien plan, but then his like adoptive mother uh, was like using him. And infantilizing him to like live out this like mother fantasy to be the perfect mother to a nice boy, and he's like too much of a nice boy to see how evil she is because he's like I love my mom. Um, but the sh- the episode about her like history and how it reveals like there's that whole bit where she like creates the fantasy world to try to like make him, uh, you know, the perfect yeah kid again. Uh, and it just if it's um. It just—it's really misogynistic. It's like, oh, the like maternal urge is killing this this nice shonen boy. No, the show doesn't like um, analyze or self-reflect on necessarily like Kiyosuke's urges uh, and Kiyosuke's like narrative desires and how programmatically they like situate other characters to him. But it is extremely critical of the women in the show who aren't even like given full personhood. Uh, it's, yeah. it's bad. It's bad. I, I do not like it. Like it's interesting to me because I I feel like to me there are like kind of two kinds of like misogynistic show. Yes. Uh, I, that this kind of reductive, but like this is how I think of it is like you know there are there are horny shows where mm-hmm. you just get bombarded with tits and ass and like every anime has like some kind of background radiation of horny. But, like, that doesn't, like, really bother me that much. Like, if you scroll my Twitter timeline, you'll be like, oh, that chick's a pervert. Like, you know, the, a horny show doesn't really bother me. But, like, what Soul Taker actually is, is it, it's kind of a show that, like, it is, like, rhetorically saying something about women. Like, through its positioning of <laughs> the women in the story, it ends up, like, having, like, some actual rhetoric that you can extract more than just like here's some tits and ass uh like the soul taker is kind of about how women are the devil um the, and yeah that the, is kind of wild to me but like in episode nine when he does the big monologue because he's basically been all, all of he wants to save his sister right uh he wants to save his sister mm-hmm. from this predicament um and all of these flickers have been dying uh, but eventually he realizes like this 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 alien plan's going on and there's this big monologue about how like no he he wants to save his sister but he won't like bring back the flickers to life right he won't like become a god uh 
because obviously the, the anime is also about becoming have you seen an anime before um <laughs> but he won't like he he gives a monologue about how we have to let the dead be dead and even though i am the soul taker i'm not like gonna like bring back like to bring back dead women in the language of the show because he gives a whole monologue to the other guy uh is like an affront to nature uh and it's trying to do the like you have to let people go thing right which is a normal plot point in normal mm-hmm. things um but it positions it so much around ideas of gender uh and like the body and naturalness that it becomes so noxious so fast because it basically positions that the natural state of woman is death <laughs> uh yeah and to like manipulate that is to like make the body impure which because it's doing all the stuff with the flicker metaphor right uh mm-hmm. and i'm like this just like so fucking loaded this the, the thing you said is so crazy and you don't really understand it because it's trying to do a generic normal thing but it just puts so many details in there that raise it to this level of like absolutely fucking wild <laughs> the the scene where he is saying that like the thing that happened prior to that is that there is a there is a monster that is made up of flickers and like one of those flickers that it is made up of is like another guy's dead girlfriend um and like after kind of being sexually menaced by this flicker beast and her like weird dominatrix like style attacks for like an entire episode uh, he's like no your girlfriend should be dead if like the alternative is being part of that fucking thing <laughs> yes uh and the show really positions like dying it because it's not necessarily dying because they're all like weird you know echoes and manifestations of souls right um the physicality of flickers is like very strange to me because at the start it's kind of positioned as more like like are, are is this like is this like magic or is this like an illusion or is this like a, are these girls like metaphorical or are they like physical beings and then it all and then it, it near the end it medicalizes them like actually they were like made up of runa's nervous system cells Right, it's like oh, they're like fake, you know. The, these these fake beings make because this this show's doing a lot of like anything that isn't human is unnatural and terrifying and evil, which results in mm-hmm. one of the funniest um, classic anime tropes ever, which is where a nice boy gets sick demon powers with literally zero downsides or negative effects in any possible way, and keeps talking about how unlovable he is because he's not human anymore, <laughs> which is always so funny because yeah. like. Why are you complaining about? You're a normal person. You look normal. You've had no physical changes other than you can transform into a sick demon and punch guys really good, and you don't die. I, I see zero downsides to your current circumstances, sir. It's wild because, like, Kiyosuke, like, literally several characters, like, refer to Kiyosuke as, like, oh, you are, you are like, a malformed thing. Like, you are, you are a monster. Like, you are a horror. And it's, like... He he looks like a sad boy puppy twonk most of the time, <laughs> and yes. every so often at his own like will and behest, he becomes Devil Man for a little bit, and he can turn back whenever he wants. <laughs> yeah, uh, it really if as like I I, can't, I quite like Devil Man, though not like too hot on the original manga, but I, I like it well enough. Um, but like the metaphor there isn't that it like. It's not that being a devil guy is fucked up because you look weird. Um, <laughs> it, it's yeah. it's that, like, inevitably taking the powers of a devil will cause the end of the world uh, is basically the, like, logic there. But this doesn't go to that conclusion. This keeps it all on, the, like, the personal stage. Um, yeah. So without there, There's no yeah. grand Faustian bargain here. It's just, like... Ah... Uh, you look gross, dude. But more than that being no grand Faustian bargain, it's like he gets his power from like his mother, right? From like how he was born. Mm-hmm. And he has this whole mysterious backstory. Uh, so his powers are much more positioned as like, Devil Man is about uh, what if a really nice boy got the powers of a devil, right? Like, And can a nice boy control those powers? Um, mm-hmm. And this is doing the same thing, right? He gets these like devil alien powers uh, and his sister decides to embrace being Joker mode, uh, whereas he like keeps his humanity. Um, but by splitting it into like a natural thing uh just makes him like it just makes the way they frame runa seem really uncomfortable as she's just like 
irredeemable. She just chose to be evil, apparently. Um, and it, actually, she's not irredeemable because, like, if at least if she was irredeemable, uh, that would be like a choice. Like that would give her agency into like making a choice. But the show has to be about. Um, uh, Riso- uh, uh, Risuke, what's his actual name? I've completely forgotten his game. I'm saying his name the whole time. Kiyosuke. Uh, Kiyosuke. Kiyosuke. Uh, like, saving her? Because he, he, everyone was like, just murder her. It's fine. Um, but murdering her might make you as bad as her. And he's like, no, I will save her and I will kill her. I will kill her to save her. Which he does somehow. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, when she dies at the end of the show, she's basically like, oh, thank you for murdering me. Uh, I'll be with you forever. Um, as... Let's let's pivot here to the Wikipedia page to see their description of the ending of the show, which is oh boy. so funny. Uh, like this is what it's like if you're uncritical of the imagery here. Uh, now that everything is over, Kiosuke reassures Runa that they can finally leave the past behind and have hopes for their future. He then absorbs his own twin sister into his body to keep her safe from harm under his brotherly protection. <laughs> <laughs> This has been fact-checked true by real siscons. Confirmed true. It's true. <laughs> if if uh, you look at the end of the show and you're like, he's such a lovely brother protecting uh, his his like sister's spirit. Oh, well, brotherly protection he will carry forward to the new age. I'm like, nah, nah, you, you <laughs> run away. <laughs> Okay, I, I feel like we have gotten to the point where we have to where where we we've we've, op- we've opened the topic. Yeah. So Jackson, you are in a library. It yes. is somewhat circular and panopticon like, <laughs> and there are many shelves where anime goes on. Do you put the Soul Taker on the same shelf as the irregular Magic High School and Oremo? Is that um, the shelf we put it on? No, no, because I, I mean, I have, I have not watched either of those, um, but I've, I've had you have described to me the irregular Magic High School, uh, and I, I would put this much more uh, on like a downstream from Eva uh, or Fully Cooly, like missing link because it's 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 truly trying to like take this trope and be intellectual about it. It's trying to say something with this. Um, what it's saying is that women are tainted and evil. <laughs> Uh, yes, but like there is an attempt at like, you know, it thinks it is smarter than Eureka uh, uh, Magic High School, which is just pure wish fulfillment. Um, mm-hmm. I think there is a layer of like I'm taking this this trope, this like problematic idea, uh, and I'm examining it, I'm putting a lens up to it, and what does it what what does it mean, and what would it like be like to be in this like horrifying, uh, weird like psychosexual ciscon fantasy. Um, and it would be super fucked up and bad, and everyone would hate it. Uh, I mm. absolutely see the, like the like Eva influence here. Uh, I'm you know famously not like the biggest Eva fan in the world, but I, I think it's much better than this. I think it has much better answers. I think the uh, things yeah. it's depicting are not as fraught necessarily. Um, <laughs> uh, and even in its most nihilistic, I don't think it's saying that like women are the problem with the universe. <laughs> like no. this yeah. accidentally falls into. Yeah. There is there is some like weird stuff in this. I feel like for I feel like with like the first like four episodes, they had like kind of like a a, a tight weird like kind of inconclusive little like OVA type thing mm-hmm. where like there's some violence, there's some sexy girls, like it, it feel it's kind of much more kind of like normal of the times, you know. We were all making edgy little OVAs at this time well, period. When, we when, had with little animation. <laughs> at the first episode, um, when uh, Kiyosuke is like saved from his being stabbed, and like uh, Maya is sitting like right next to him, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, uh, her pussy fully out, like just like, "Hey, I'm lying on my bed. Uh, check me out." Uh, I'm just gonna save this boy, and now he belongs to me. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be like a sicko, insane um, uh, Yandere show." <laughs> I was where I thought it was going. Uh, not because, yeah. as of yet, it had not introduced the like all of these characters are your sister and your mom who are the same person thing going on yet. Yeah, uh, like that had not been introduced, and I thought it was gonna be much more normal, kind of trashy. Yeah. Like my journey throughout these episodes is like I I really liked the I really liked the beginning arc and I think mm-hmm. it not only is it like you know because it's like it hasn't introduced all of the concepts yet so it's just simpler more inter- kind of more entertaining 
Um, I felt like the visual style was strongest in the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember this scene really strongly when we get introduced to the director of the hospital and like the vice president of the Kirihara group. It's like, here's the two factions. They are like having a phone call about like just kind of banal work shit. Like, oh, you work too hard, Yui. You need to get yourself checked out at the doctor. Haha, <laughs> I'm the doctor. Um, but the way that the scene is is composited is like you see Yui like sexy girl boss in her big office she has her coffee her eyes are closed and then there's a pendulum swing from Yui over to the director of the hospital he is like his head is like on his fucking desk he's surrounded in bottles of whiskey like he's all fucked up and it's like it it the visuals do kind of a lot more in those first few episodes to like really amplify like kind of like wrote almost like banal like just kind of dialogue to like oh this is like a strong visual metaphor that is like positioning these characters and telling you kind of things about them in like the sparse visual language that like you would get if you like only had like four episodes of anime to tell a story and you needed to like hit a beat really quickly um we won't we will learn so much more about these two characters but like in those first few episodes everything is kind of like tighter more like implicit and then it has all this like fantastic storyboarding to kind of amp it up um and i feel like the turn for me was episode six the like evil stratosphere castle mm-hmm. episode that is like mainly about like you know megumi is a flicker um, but she's like a flicker who has like resentment and like hatred towards Kiyosuke that she is just barely repressing throughout most of the episode. And she's just heavily, heavily sexualized throughout the episode. This episode has like so many scenes of like Megumi, like she's like naked and taking a shower. She is like posing with her legs spread. She is like top down ass up on a table. Like while all the time she is just kind of like vaguely menacing uh, at Kiyosuke and then there is like a big stupid fight and someone is like hey Megumi this big stupid fight happened because Kiyosuke is trying to show you that like you are wrong and you have to like have hope and optimism and I was just like what the fuck is happening here yeah I mean that happens to a lot of the women in the show because the women are like Kiyosuke doesn't have a character, uh, so the women have like struggles, and and sometimes they're the devil, and sometimes they're in love with him, and they're all in these kind of tragedies, right? As the, as he goes through the flickers, um, but his response to any of their problem is just, "You must have. We can't give up on humanity. You must have hope." Just the gen- the generic anime boy motivation, mm-hmm. right? Like the most generic nothing thing. But it's like, what the fuck are any of these like created individuals destined to like be uh, like? existences thrown away in this like nonsense conspiracy that they don't care about uh how the hell are they meant to care about your like nice boy humanity speech like why would you why would you even think that would convince megami of anything right like yeah uh, it doesn't engage with her as a character it's not about like healing them um although it acts like it is every time he like uh kills one of the uh flickers who's like gone against him um, and even at the end of the show, it acts like at the end of the battle, he's like cleansed their soul, right? They've been healed of this like yeah. trauma, um, but he hasn't. They've been they've been killed. They they just they just say a nice thing so he doesn't have to feel bad about murdering them, basically. Yeah, it's weird because like the show is like very heavily like biological, and yet it is also doing this thing where like I'm the soul taker. When I do my big Tokuman punch at somebody and they explode, I they're in a better place now. I I have I have soul taked them. Um, <laughs> yes. but like the the rest of this show is about like how a mutant virus makes aliens. Or is trying to make aliens. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the beta applicon and all of the... There's so much lore between like between what was going on in the hospital, what the hospital was doing, what the beta applicon is, what the alien is, how the fragments of Runa occurred, what Runa uh, is doing in, with like her plan. Um, it doesn't matter. There's just... There's so much shit going on. And, and I think that this is like a reason why the visuals get worse is that you can't abstractly do like cool imagery once everyone starts being archetypes. Um, mm-hmm. It's much harder to give imagery to explain different things 
uh, when the, the like the the text is the Applicon Buster was created by this to destroy the Beta Applicon, uh, but the Applicon <laughs> Buster could could uh, end all life on Earth, and so we don't want to use that uh, because the hospitals developed the mutants. And I'm like, that, that what are you talking about? It's all meaningless. It's just fucking law. Um, it, it, yeah, it's it's really funny when like you know you have like a kiosk's evil dad and he is like a kiosk I am your evil dad you are my son you were born on the moon from an experiment that the hospital made on the virus and the visuals are like dad is upside down <laughs> and I'm just like this this is this is not hitting anymore I'm sorry yeah it works so much better when it's like. The first few episodes are, you have these various archetypes, uh, which lead to like, characters standing in the background while the conflict is about, will this nice boy do the violence today? Uh, and the answer is always mm-hmm. yes, because you know, we, we need an action scene at the end of the show. Um, but I, I just think that that, that like, setup is much better, um, especially when it cuts to um, uh, you know, uh, Komugi, um, who's mm-hmm. absolutely 100% oh, Komugi. Uh, she's got swag, she's sick, she's fun. Um, she's running around. She's having a great time, uh, uh, and I love her. She's perfect. Um, the fact it's that she's so incredible. Yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Uh, Please do. It, it's so incredible that like my takeaway best character from this is like the hypersexualized Digicarat. Yes. Uh, like they, I, I understand so much better now why they made like a spin-off magical girl show about Kobugi. Uh, she was a weird inclusion in this, but she was just a ray of sunshine every time. Yeah, and even like her motivation is kind of boring because she's like betraying the hospital because she's in love with um uh, Kiosuke for with God Kiyosuke. knows why. Um, doesn't really like exp- doesn't I mean you know it, it explains why, but it doesn't like go. I don't feel like I know her, right? I don't feel like oh I'm yeah. brought into her interiority or her worldview. Uh, she's just she's, there. She's a goofy oomphy. Yeah, but she is extremely the oomphy. Uh, she's so good. She's just um, like she has a lot of animation appeal. She's hanging out. Sometimes you're like, <sighs> sometimes I'm like, man, you're too horny for her because she is extremely like 14 years old, um, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely like writing in line. I would say it's similar, very similar to like Pluff from Double Zeta, where I'm like, there are parts of this character that I'm like are clearly designed to be appealing to people that I don't ever want to talk to in my life. Um, mm-hmm. But I also like enjoy her presence as a character uh and her she's not like defined by being like this like uh problematic sexualized archetype right she's also just like a yeah. cool cool girl hanging out this is this is the kind of problematic anime like trashiness i expect from a, like a show like this mm-hmm. uh to navigate absolutely like, um and and not uh all women are the devil who must be overcome by killing all them <laughs> together yeah um like to me, like, there, there is some weird stuff uh, about about women, as we have said in this show. But to me, like, one of the things that really sticks, uh, because because it's not directly tied into the Kiyosuke family drama, uh, is the vice president of the Kirihara group, Yui. Um, whenever we see her, she is kind of just like flexing sexily in like her various offices. Uh, yes. You know, she is like arching her back on a couch, like she's being fucked. Uh, she is like the kind of curled in a fetal position, talking to a computer. Um, but like when we when we get her backstory later, I had like so many questions about like the the positioning of this character because. Um, the thing, the thing about, like, her motivation is that she had, like, a dead husband that she wants to revive. The alien, the evil alien mastermind told her, like, I can bring back your husband using alien magic. Uh, and, and, she, and, she, and she is all in on, like, using the Kirihara group's resources to hunt down all the flickers, get Runa, give it to the alien. The alien resurrects my husband. When we finally see the husband... He is like a, like an eight foot tall like shirtless jeans guy with a cowboy hat, and she is like mourning him because he's dead. <laughs> she looks like a little child in that scene, and then later on when she's like lamenting like oh I may I might never resurrect my dead husband, she's like oh bud if you if I would resurrect you even though you like you won't love me because I'm old now, and uh-huh. and, and I'm and I and I'm just like. 
Was Bud a pedophile? Like, was Yui a child bride? What are we doing what are we here? Doing Why are we saying yeah. these things? Um, I like. I assume that line is just like, oh, time has passed since he died. Now I'm older than him. But like, still, she's not that old. Like, I don't. What are you talking? Like, it just raises a bunch of questions completely pointlessly. Why even put that there? Uh, yeah. It just feels like a needlessly, like, edgy aside. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, the the show like has like yeah like these kind of like thoughtless little moments of edge <laughs> that just kind of don't work. I remember like. Uh, Shiro's line that is literally like, like, is the fate of women to die? <laughs> like, I was just like, what, what are you saying that for? I, I, we just saw him throw a Toku Man punch. I thought we were going to be normal for a little bit. Uh, it's, it's really funny. It's really funny how some of those lines, uh, one of the ones I have uh, is from like the final episode after like the big final fight, uh, which is "You killed her to let her live, just like your two mothers did." And I'm like, "What? Is, what? 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 <laughs> what do you?" Um, now I know what Shiro was talking about. People die when they are killed. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like. Simply do not agree with the metaphor as being presented, and also, also, mm. Runa. Uh, when we when we see her, right, Runa has like two physical appearances, which is like occasionally she is like five year old Emoto, pure and perfect. Um, mm-hmm. In in a way, you're like, oh, is this going to get like uncomfortably sexualized and like a little bit, but not really. It's mostly about like her purity. She can like, absorb yeah. like the flickers, and then she becomes like older. Uh, and goes tits out mode, right? She's either like a little child who is perfect and innocent and occasionally yeah. secretly evil, uh, or she's like a weird witch uh, with her boobs out who's embracing, um, you know, this like sexualized demonic evilness. And so mm-hmm. in the end, when he's like trying to restore humanity into her and he's like, he's punching her, he's fighting her when she's in her like older form, right? She's, she's got her like yeah. sexy devil form. He's beating her up. They're all having this like cool fight. Uh, and then he like wins the fight and she immediately turns back into a five rod and is like, oh, thank you, Honey-chan. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's... <laughs> the imagery is so loaded that like healing your sister, uh, who is your twin, by the way, uh, is to turn her into someone uh, 12 years younger than you uh, who is like pure and must be protected and like kept as a soul inside your body, I guess. Uh, what's going Literally on? <laughs> infantilize her. Yes. Literally infantilize her and cradle her in your chest forever, Onichan. And, and that's like presented as like a noble thing to do and not like a terrifying image where she can never be a whole person ever, right? That's like yeah. the most terrifying idea uh, is like the, the extent of uh, uncomfortably sexualized familial protection uh, is to infantilize your sister, uh, make her a child again and uh, protect her for eternity. Uh, I would personally not do that if I were me. Runa to me is like an is like she's such a like wild part of like kind of like the the misogynistic read of this show because like Kiyosuke the the times where Kiyosuke is shown like like his hair is like smoothed down and he has like a soft faced like like uh, shonen boy and the times where he is like super spiky haired like thin spoed like twonk like red eyes. Um, like he kind of increasingly gets more like dark sided and fucked up in his presentation as the story goes on. And this is positioned as like Runa is like, he's becoming more like me. He is becoming, uh, he is growing into his alienness so that he can repopulate alien kind with me. I am like corrupting him. Yeah. Uh, the turn from like, pure and nice just like happy shonen boy into like fucked up horny twonk is definitely um loaded that's because like like he gets that choker and everything right like it's extremely yes like it's real queer coded right he becomes like a weird fucked up uh gay looking guy that we're all gonna like have see fan out of right but it sees that as like terrifying and not like cool everyone loves those kind of weird fucked up uh gay demon boys um and obviously like he's not like, like yeah 
I like I, there's this there's this shot reverse shot moment where he's fighting the soul Anubis, which is the the evil devil woman made up of all the flickers that Yui collected, where. Soul Anubis is like looming over her, over him. She's like so hot. Her face is obscured. Her cat suit is zipped down. Her boot is hovering right over his face. And then we reverse shot, and like he is like soft boy face. He's so terrified. Choker, collarbones, like hypersexualized, like subby boy. Yes. And like I took these two screenshots and I showed them to a friend of mine and I was like, this is like all of the pathetic boys that you're always posting about. And she was <laughs> like, yes, I love this shit. It's, it's weird because like the show thinks this is terrifying. The show's like, this is a uh, icon of his corruption, right? This is like uh, a bad thing that is happening to him and you should be kind of uncomfortable at it, uh, which it does not mm-hmm. do when it's like, you know, drawing a hot woman, which he does every all the time, constantly like breathing. Yeah. Um, there is no commentary when it draws like uh you know a, a girl with uh, her tits out and uh, like bent over to show her panties um that's yeah. just like a na- natural state of being uh but mm-hmm. when a guy gets like twonkified that's terrifying it's like a sign of demonic corruption um and it's very strange because the the show like you know you see you get Devman cry baby like uh 15 years later um that is a show all about how cool it is when this happens to a guy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everyone loves it when uh, the boy gets demonically twonkified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, after Kiyosuke, like, cleanses Runa and, like, takes her into himself, he reverts back to, like, like hair down, like, button-down shirt, like, nice boy, clean cut. No, like, no, no choker, loses all of the gay shit. He is just normal again. That's how he ends the show. Yeah. And... It, 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 it's it's a lot <laughs> uh yeah it was a lot the last five episodes of this show were truly a roller coaster of like well, you, you, wow okay we're really doubling down on all this uh as they, they have their final battle against like a backdrop of stained glass windows uh that are every like flicker form so it's basically against all his like horny dead sisters that are all yes in this like kingdom hearts void uh and they're like exploding and the glass shards are going everywhere as this fight is happening um it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, like a d- dive into the heart sextati over <laughs> yeah. here. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, yeah, I enjoyed the first bit well enough, but as it went off into the wild land of uh, whatever the hell was going on with Runa, uh, I was like, nah, guys, you've really messed up, guys. Yeah, the the thing that is, like, funniest to me about the lore of the show is that, like, it... You know, like in the middle, in like early in like early middle of the show, it introduces like his dad. Like, yes. oh, his dad is like a bigger, stronger demon that is like kicking his ass. Um, but then later on, they also introduce his his grandfather. Uh, in the like last two episodes, his grandfather is a brain in a jar who was also the mastermind of everything, and he gets a big evil demon body to do big fights with. Um, and like the grandfather thing, I I like stopped the video and burst out laughing because i was like you you made you made up a whole dad for him to have a big stupid fight with and now that the the dad is dead you make up a whole granddad for him to have a big stupid fight with right because they like redeem the dad and make him like sad and tragic towards like the back half of his arc uh and then it's just they just pull it back even further and i don't understand the purpose other than you need more guys to have more fucked up demon fights with um as this this like nonsense family drama uh consistently repeats yeah literally literally kind of like we got 13 episodes instead of 12 and so we need one more bad guy (laughs) to have a big dumb fight with who's it gonna be i guess uh kioske's grandfather (laughs) Uh, there's simply one no episode for, wonder <laughs> there's simply no reason for the show to be 13 episodes other than that is the length of a core of anime uh it does not use its length super well um, i i don't know when it, i don't know when it aired like in the schedule um i assume this is another late night show but i don't know for sure because uh, it definitely mm. reminds me of like some of the early episodes are definitely like pulling on look at this cool imagery as we explain some lore uh, it's just like yeah. serial experiments lane uh which i would say it is not anything like serial experiments lane but i assume it is like in the same box of like dis- distribution and appeal 
are, mm-hmm. even though Lane is a really good show, uh, <laughs> and this is not. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's really, a, it, it's really a ride. Um, I think that like overall, I found it entertaining. Like, uh, I, I think that there's, there's a, there's a lot of fucked up shit in it. There's a lot of shit where I'm like, Hey, Soul Taker, what are you doing? Uh, but ultimately it's kind of more funny than it is offensive to me. Uh, mm-hmm. and I am a woman. So this show is saying that I'm the devil. Uh, and also <laughs> My paying so dearly to be a woman uh, is an abomination to God, um, but it's still like pretty funny to me on the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like the character designs. Um, oh yeah, uh, like Maya has kind of like stuck with me as like yeah, like the platonic like hot anime woman, like purple hair, a little bit of makeup, like type like bicycle like motorcycle clothes Mm -hmm. like this has just remained with me um like i really like it has like just really nice kind of like early like late 90s early aughts character designs the girls still have noses on them uh like they are they're kind of like shiny and fleshy like i the 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 character designs are great there's a lot of like great like monster designs um, there's some very silly, goofy monster of the week guys in those first few episodes. Like there's the, the fucking guitar guy. There's like gyrating weird doctor. There's the, there's the, the fucking, uh, funeral car with a gun. Yes. Um, it is, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a very entertaining show. It's kind of a visual feast throughout it definitely um, would trick someone in 2001 into believing this digipaint thing might be all right. <laughs> yeah, it is it is one of those, ain't it? Yeah. He has like a very early like uh digipaint like visual treat extravaganza, right? Like it's a digipaint show where the visuals are the point. Um mm-hmm. and I think it looks pretty cool. Uh like I said, yeah. got our issues as like the law goes overtakes the visuals and it becomes less interesting. Um but it's 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 definitely like well made and appealing. Like the storyboarding's really cool. Uh the the mm-hmm. designs are striking. The use of colors really cool. Like this guy goes on to direct Matica, which I think holds together much better because it has a much, much, much better script. Um Yeah. But you definitely see like uh the Matica um imagery uh like starting here, I guess. Uh it, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it reminds me a lot of that. And it also reminds me of like that stuff works really well because it's in like it's contrasted against very generic anime regular world stuff right like when madoka's at home she's not in this uh whereas this doesn't have any regular world. there is no like normal normalcy so i never know like when they're fighting in the big like super city that's constantly exploding around them i just don't know how i meant to take it's just pure aesthetics right i don't know anyone in that city i don't know what that city relates to the world there's no like material basis to the world building which is fine because i don't like it's not it doesn't have to be that good it's clearly about this like family drama um but mm-hmm. when they have so much lore about it i'm like okay well why do you which parts are real and that i have to invest in and which parts are just purely there for the aesthetics and for the show right and i don't i couldn't tell i think the balance was off yeah like there there it's a literal plot point that like you have to find a weird way to kill the grandfather man because he's like rigged to like blow up all of the moon and kill everyone on it and i yes. was like there's other there's people on the moon <laughs> <laughs> right and i'm like okay i guess there's people on the moon but i don't know any of them right i don't know anyone in this plot other than kiosuke and occasionally some flickers um yeah and i think it's really it's bad like everything <laughs> yeah go on Sorry. i think it's really bad like giving any emotional context to anything because like Kiosko doesn't know any like his memories are wrong before the series starts we're constantly getting information about characters uh like and their pasts right but i have no mm-hmm. emotional context for why i should give a shit uh for any of them like the entire mystery about his mom dying i'm like i did he that happened at the start of the show i don't know his mom i don't know his mom and apparently there was she wasn't even his mom anyway um i think yeah. it's really like 
it expects you to really care when every episode is like, actually, this thing you knew about who who caused all this, it was a lie. It was actually this person. This happens like five times in a row, like episode to episode. Yeah. Uh, like episodes five to nine all have this moment in them. As you're like, oh, it was the hospital and the mutants. Oh, it was the his dad. Oh, it was um, the aliens. Oh, it was the moon colony. Oh, it was the beta applicon. Um and it's just yeah, like, yeah. There's a swerve every two episodes. There is like some kind of weird swerve, and, and I, it, it is exhausting. And I have no connection to the current status quo to even care. I'm like, well, that's just a new mm-hmm. word for me to know, right? It doesn't like emotionally change my relationship to any of the events in any way, uh, which is what you want from a swerve like that. You want to like recontextualize this thing you're invested in. It gives a different perspective mm-hmm. on all these things that have like meaning. Uh, Whereas the, the beta applicant and the applicant buster, they don't really mean anything, right? Like one's the big virus yeah. to turn everyone's aliens. One's going to destroy the world because it's against the, the alien virus. Um, but like thematically, I can't pull out like interesting things about what it says about the work. Uh, the, 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 the one made up thing is actually a different made up thing. I'm like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. Like everything is so abstract. The characters themselves are like almost as abstract a lot of the time as the environments that they are in. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can you can put them upside down, but it doesn't really change anything uh, about them. And I think like Kioske is especially like a weird uh, example of this, and kind of like why I am a bit more on the like this is a Siscon show like kind of side of things, because I have kind of seen like he is like a kind of stoic guy who kind of like things well he, not like stoic in the sense he cries a whole lot but like. He is kind of like an implacable guy that things happen to. He never has any reaction to Runa wanting to jump his bones, uh, which he just, she just like very blatantly is always on about. Like, he just kind of like, it keeps a calm head and is like, no, not, not that. Um, and so like that combination of like, things keep happening to him. He has like no, uh, re- no. He has like very little reaction to it. It it, fe- it kind of feels like okay. Then like who who is this for? Because to me, when a character is like that, it kind of feels like it's for the titillation of the the audience. You know, like the the fantasy is like all all of these freakish things. Uh, all these freakish women are happening to him. And he has no he has no reaction to it. He's not allowed to. Um, it's very odd. Um, yeah, it's so weird how like passive uh, Kiske is. Like, other than like being generally nice and sympathetic towards everyone uh, and wanting everyone to be okay, but the way they are okay is through him punching them really hard. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't really have any desires or like wants for the world um and this is an extremely uh i associate this a lot with the of anime we just fucking watch gundam seed i found a review of this so on any list that was immediately like he reminds me of kiri yamato and i'm like well it's not that bad but yeah i can i can see it he's absolutely like has this kind of passiveness but also like every girl in the show uh wants to fuck him or mother him or he's like what whatever like weird psychosexual thing they're doing uh their desire like immer- like is centered on him as an object right mm-hmm. um and despite the universe existing for him uh like to the point of every woman in the world like entire existence is like defined by him in every possible way whether it's wanting to murder him mm-hmm. or whether it's wanting to uh like you know uh make him their like breeding partner for the alien race or whatever uh, <laughs> but he doesn't like express any desire in return it's entirely like he's an entirely like blank slate it would it would be weird to like have him express desire in and it just ends up making all the women seem like even worse right because they have mm-hmm. the problematic like urges that are being forced onto this man um even though like none of these people exist and narratively the world exists for the man right it's just a very weird dynamic yeah. going on yeah, and, like, at the end, like, he kind of, like, reverts to, like, being mothered, right? Because there's that implication at the end that he's, like, he's back at his family's beach house. Uh, and, like, there's a brief flash of clothing that seems like his mom is back. 
and he's like, oh, mom, uh, do you want me to open the curtains? And like, she, there's no response, but he goes and does it. And like, we end the show on that. Like, oh, like he is back in like this fantasy of childhood. Like his mother is back. He's, he's just a normal like teen guy. He's, he's wearing his button down. His hair isn't spiky anymore. He's not a thought. Like, it, very strange. This is a very strange ending. I didn't know quite what to take from that ending of him, like, being in this eternal fantasy, I guess. Um, because I'm like, I, I don't really know what it what to like pull out from that. Uh, it's a weird thing. It definitely felt like oh, makes you think. Isn't isn't he going to be like trapped in this forever? Uh, due to his niceness. And I was like, I, I guess isn't his mum dead? Well, who's he with? Is he like doing it himself? Is it like this is his only role he can fulfill? Uh, the show not really interested in giving answers to that. Mostly just like mm-hmm. poking at the question. Um, yeah, and, I was and it's too part ad- of a double yeah. fake out too because. First, we get the, like, he sees Maya again, and Maya is like, let's go home, Kiyosuke. Uh, And then you get the, like, he's back home with his mom. Like, actual, like, last few seconds of the show. So it's like, what what is the truth? Uh, Did he get his catsuit waifu? Or (laughs) is he a good boy who is living with his mom now again? Who can say? (laughs) Who can say? Yeah, no, it's it's it is a frustrating and weird show, um, but it's just simply not as smart as I think it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I say, I I, I think it is um, a downstream from other, you know, from like Lane and Eva, and um, I guess fully clear to an extent are the ones like the ones I would cite as uh, examples uh, of like late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, edgy visual extreme uh but like mm-hmm. thought-provoking type shows um and yeah you know, so i would say there is a wide spectrum of success even in those examples i've given right i, I don't like fully cool at all uh but i i fucking love lane and i would put this in the um definitely towards the, like bottom uh stretch of, of these kind of shows in terms of just like i did not feel intellectually filled but i guess it was fun to look at uh but so exactly so sure uh, yeah. yeah, Jackson. Yes. What is your? Who is your favorite flicker? Um. Well, probably the um, uh, Yuri coded schoolgirl one who's sad about everything. Um. Yeah, Sayaka. Uh, Sayaka. Uh. But the 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 best actual one in the show isn't even a flicker. It's the doctor from the um hospital. Yes, that's true. The the fucked up doctor lady who like. She was, like, so, like, weirdly, like, homoerotic towards the Flickers. She just, like, kept Maya in the pod, and she was like, oh, you're such a useless little Flicker, aren't you? And she's How like, you her feel entire... when I poke you? <laughs> her entire thing is being, like, evil, sexualized, uh, like, torture doctor. Uh, so she's got, like, the lab coat. She's got, like, the glasses that are always reflecting. She's sitting mm-hmm. down at the tweeting battle station with uh, her million <laughs> monitors. Um, just... <laughs> Again, perfectly in line with the kind of trashiness I expected this show to be before yeah. it went off the rails. Uh, definitely emblematic of the things I was like, oh, I, I get the like appeal of the show. Uh, but she's taken out way too early as it pivots yes. to the uncomfortable family drama instead. Yeah, in my in my version of this show, that lady is a, a recurring like vil- like she she is behind every monster of the week. Like she, she is just tackling, wants her data. she has she has sexual things to say about every single flicker. Like she uh. is in the epilogue, <laughs> like going going to to jail for medical malpractice. It was she was definitely like a more no- before the show became all about fucking like look at all your uh, horny sisters across time. Uh, was. I just expecting a completely different kind of more normal horny that she was bringing. She's like, just like this sexually menacing villain, right? Who's doing normal mm-hmm. sexually menacing villain anime stuff. And she's like evil and bad, but is designed in a way that's clearly for the audience, right? Just like normal B movie, yeah. uh, anime fan service stuff. Um, and not intellectualized, right? I don't think she's like a commentary on this, right? She's just no. earnestly doing the fan service thing uh, that is expected of this this genre and expected of this uh, yeah. kind of show um, before it tries to get really clever about <laughs> doing uncomfortable Ciscon stuff for nine episodes. Yeah. 
Yeah, she is, she is part of the like four episode OVA of this show that you can kind of extract out of those first few episodes. Ah, absolutely. And yeah, gone too soon. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite flicker uh, is mm-hmm. the second one that we meet, Asuka. Like twin tails, two M nine, like akimbo M nine elevens. Get gets a shotgun at one point. Like, just, like, girl with a cloak and some guns is, like, killing all of the, like, little toku grunt, like, enemies. Like, she was my favorite. I have so many screenshots of her just, like, pointing a gun at something or having a gun on her. There's some pretty cool guns in this show. There's a bow where, like, someone pulls out an Uzi and I'm like, man, you know what was cool? In 2001, kids don't know this today, but for some reason in the early 2000s, we all thought that the coolest thing that was ever could be was an Uzi. It was everywhere. Literally yeah. everywhere in culture at this time. Um, yeah. And it, Uzis <laughs> and Max, baby. Automatic right. handheld SMGs, baby. Uh, they have since disappeared from the culture, for they are very stupid as guns. You would not hit anything <laughs> with that shit. Um, yeah. But at the time, it was thought of as very cool to have a single-hand handheld SMG of some kind. Yeah. The doctor lady, uh, like, ha- like her, her her power is pointing her Uzi, her Uzi at you and mag-dumping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh God. Uh, do we have anything else for Soul Taker, or is uh, that a wrap on this uh, weird ass show? No, I think that's a wrap. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah. Wow. Thank you so much uh, for joining me uh, on this uh, ridiculous adventure. We'll be back uh, with M next month for Bochy the Rock Festival, and then I'll be back with presumably something else. Maybe I won't be back. Um, we'll see. Uh, the um, whole thing with me doing bonus episodes, sometimes it's video games, sometimes it's beach houses. It's always been beach houses so far, but it might, if if there's no episodes, it's because I did an extra normal mapping instead. Who can say what's going to happen? Um, but uh, Medea, would you like uh, to plug your shit and tell people where they can find you on the internet? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Uh, so you can, find, you can find me on Twitter at LitterAlchemy, um, but that website is dying, so like... Uh, I I actually have like a fucking contact page that has like all of my socials on it. Uh and that page is on the website for my web novel on Just Deaths. Uh a, a underwater space opera full of romance and violence. Uh you can find that at unjustdeaths.com and on the contact page at the top of unjustdevs.com, you'll find all of my socials so that you can have your your, your choice of media when the posting website dies, if it does. That's so true. That's so true. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you can find uh, me at Headfuls Off on Twitter and Blue Sky and co-host and wherever the fuck websites are these days. Um, you can find the podcast I do at normapping.com. And at patreon.com slash mapping, we are literally just starting this week. The Great Gundam Project is starting its double O season. Uh, we're so fucking ready for this bullshit. We've watched the first three episodes. We're going to do our episode tomorrow. Um, it'll probably already be out by the time this uh, episode comes out. It will be my guess. Uh, double O is like my favorite Gundam. I am so excited for for y'all to, to do this one. I'm first three episodes were pretty good first three episodes were pretty fucking good so i'm i'm, I'm very excited for this uh we're free of seed we're watching some real shows at last some real gundam yeah. is here uh anime is back uh, anime is so fucking back uh it's good we're, we're delighted to be excited again i hope this lasts the mm-hmm. full run of the show and not the like one episode it lasted before <laughs> we were watching seed um but yeah, yeah uh so that's me. That's the internet. That's the podcast. Thank you, Joy, for joining me, Medea. Thank you so much for coming through. Uh, it was a good time, uh, even though the show ended up being what it was. Yeah, I am. I I was my pleasure. I am so happy to be part of the of normal mapping constellation. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, thank you so much. So. Um, uh, we'll see you next time. Like I say, Butch the Rock is the next actual beach house. Uh, after that, we shall see. Uh, so goodbye uh, and uh, goodbye. Yeah. See you. See you. I know. Good outro. Goodbye. <laughs>
Tenderly as standing in the rain.